Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. the unbelievable podcast i am bj rydell back here with my guys drew mahold and today first and foremost we're going to talk a little bit about the nfl all decade team we got a couple of vikings on there so we'll talk a little bit about where they stand with regard to their peers as well as a couple potential snubs Um, up next on the docket we'll talk a little bit about the virtual react like the virtual NFL draft that we're going to get this year and the complications that Drew and I are expecting specifically from your Vikings organization who just happens to like to stay on the phone quite a bit. Um, And then we'll also, if we have some time, we'll talk a little bit about Tajay Sharp and uh, do some, like some identifying of positions of need for the Vikings heading into what will be our fan speak uh, draft network simulator draft show next week. Uh, so that's the game plan for today. I'm expecting this to be a short show. I know I say that all the time, and it never actually is, but I truly think this is going to be a short show. So we're going to start things off with a Thursday question. Even though it's not Thursday, um, we haven't done this segment in at least a month or two. So um, I just want to talk to you about what you're doing during your quarantine, since I, I imagine a lot of our <laughs> listeners are probably getting a little bit bored. Maybe we can come up with some ideas. Uh, so what, what Drew, what is... What are you doing for quarantine? How are you having fun still? Um, and how has your life adjusted due to this yeah. kind of ridiculous situation we got going on here? Um, admittedly, I'm still playing Fortnite and a lot of it uh, with some of my college friends, my little brothers. Uh, still play that game a lot. I still think it's fun, except for the times where I'm still I'm still really bad at the game. And so, like, usually there's a point in time every probably. I mean, I don't play every night, but most nights there's a time after like three hours of playing where I keep getting destroyed over and over and over. And I'm like, all right, I'm done. Uh, but there's that. I'm also going for runs and working out. Uh, what are you doing to work out? I'm curious about that. So this morning I actually did this for the uh, second time. Also, besides that, I've just been, I live probably a mile from the, from I-494. So I just go to the bridge, like across the bridge and back, uh, 494 when I run, workout uh my football pl- formerly football playing roommates introduced this to me deck of cards you draw a card let's say it's an eight eight push-ups and then you draw another card let's say it's a 10 10 second break draw another card okay so it's like circle of death but like for fitness yeah did you yeah. call it circle so of death in in college the drinking game where you spread the cards around the beer or did you have a different name for that that there was a 
I think there's a different name for that. I don't. I don't okay. Maybe I didn't play that one. It's an age. I, it's I, an age group thing. I just know. But okay. keep going. But so yeah, do it. Just working out. For those of you who know me, working out not my thing ever. Like I've never <laughs> been someone to do that. Um, done that. Um, also rewatching Game of Thrones. So nice. that's kind of the three, sort of the three things I would say that I'm using to to kill time. That's not. That's really not terrible. And honestly, I think I'm I'm pretty similar. I, I don't think I've been as intense as you have with working out because. I've just been going on walks and doing basic like push-ups, sit-ups, that type of stuff. Um, because I'm used to going to the gym and you know doing something with weights, and I don't own any weights for yeah. obvious reason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm a big video games guy too. And honestly, like for the last couple of years, I kind of took a step back from playing video games. Just I don't know why it just kind of inherently happened. And now I've I've come back like and I'm hitting the ground running. So I have been playing video games nonstop. Which ones? So my big one right now is Animal Crossing. I've been playing. Oh no! So all my colleagues at work got switches for, um, for quarantine, which was hilarious. So we've been playing Animal Crossing, and uh, Super Smash Bros. and uh, like Mario Kart, Mario Party, all those on the Switch. Big fan. Really, really like the Switch. Having a bunch of fun doing that. That's soaking up hours and hours of my time. <laughs> we also started playing this game called Paladins. <laughs> this is with my buddies from home, and it's like uh, it's kind of like uh, it's like team deathmatch style sh- like uh, game. But the like, kind of the twist on it is that you're dealing instead of dealing with like guns like you would in like Call of Duty, for example, you're dealing with like magical powers and like. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That sounds like so not my, my it's game. So, oh, it's so funny. And that's how we've been hanging out. So what we've been doing the last couple Friday nights where just everyone gets a couple bottles of wine and we just play Paladins all night until <laughs> until you fall asleep. So, wow. that's, <laughs> nice. so that's been healthy. Um, but, yeah, that's been that's been a lot of fun. So I'm a big video games guy. If you want to play video games with me, I encourage that behavior because that's all I have to do <laughs> until this is over. And I'm also not shaving until this is over too. So I might look like a lumberjack by the time this is over. Um but if you have quarantine ideas, I am very much open to them. I live in the suburbs. I can walk around. There aren't that many people out. Like, there's stuff that I haven't done that I could definitely do, and I encourage. Also, you to the me. golf courses for sure need to be opened. For sure, need to be opened. They are open in Arizona still. My buddy lives down there, and he's. They're open that. in South Dakota still. Yeah, they're just not open in Minnesota. No, they need yeah. to be opened. Yeah. Like you, you, what? What? How different is that than going for a walk? Like I can go out to the course. Bring my clubs. So, don't need to touch a flag stick. Don't need to touch. You're going to the clubhouse. Don't need to ride a cart. You can just walk on the grass, like I would if I walk outside on the sidewalk. That's probably. I mean, you're making all fair points. The only thing I was going to say is that you couldn't have access to carts or touching the flag, and you covered that. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not against it. I would be down to go hit balls for sure. Yeah, if that was just in, limit if that was... it. Either have people play by themselves, or limit it to they can only play with people they live with. Yeah, that seems fair go. enough to me. All right, uh, that concludes our Thursday question that's actually happening on a Wednesday. Um, again, please feel free to share your ideas with me. I am dying of boredom, and I just finished up Game of Thrones, by the way, for the umpteenth time. And uh, I mean, good, I'm, right? It did feel good. I, I I just watched the final episode for, like, the second time since we all watched it live, and I still hated it, so... Uh, that sucked, but I'm gonna. Conclusion's do, not great. It doesn't live up to the first six to seven seasons. Yeah, I completely agree. I've got yeah. uh, I've got Ozark on tap now, and I was a huge that's, fan of the first two seasons. I've so heard that that's very good. I'm really excited about that. All right, uh, let's talk about the Vikings now. Uh, well, 
kind of the Vikings. We're going to talk about the NFL All-Decade team. Uh, we are hurting for content a little bit. As you guys know, this is not a draft show specifically. Drew and I are not draft gurus. At least we're not anymore. So we're focusing on the other stuff. If you want draft stuff, we will do some draft stuff. It's just not It's not going to be as good as you're going to find from you know Jordan Reed or honestly anyone else in the Climb the Pocket Network. We just straight up, we're going to do some research for the next show, but that's just not our forte. So we're focusing on outside subjects and right now the biggest matter at hand is the all-decade team which was released uh, as of this recording about 24 hours ago Uh, you can find out find this on nfl.com you can find it on twitter if you haven't seen it already Um, i'll go through the i'll I'll go through the names uh really quickly and then we'll focus on a couple of them specifically here and then we'll talk a little bit about snubs potentially as well Um, so on offense you got tom brady aaron Rodgers, frank gore marshawn lynch lashawn mccoy adrian peterson Antonio Brown, a wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Darren Sproles is your flex. Interesting choice there for sure. Uh, tight end, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey. Offensive tackles, Jason Peters, Tyron Smith. Joe Staley, Joe Thomas. Guards, Jari Evans, Logan Mankin, Zach Martin, Marshall Yanda. And centers, Alex Mack and Marquise Pouncey. So let's focus on offense for now, given those names. I know I went through that quick. I assume you probably have this list in front of you as well. Uh, the one that, the obvious one that stands out, we'll start there. Adrian Peterson spent the majority of his time during the 2010s uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he's obviously one of the greatest running backs of all time. The other names that are listed there alongside him, I think that he blows them away. He's also one of the few unanimous selections on this ballot. Um, what do you think about yeah, Adrian eight Peterson? Of them. Yeah. What do you think about Adrian Peterson? Um, do you see? I mean, I think it's fair. I don't think I even need to ask the question of does he deserve to be there, but what do you think about his selection here relative to his peers? Yeah, I mean, the 2012 season alone puts him on this list. Right. Uh, you know, that was an all-time historic season after a torn ACL. We all know the story there. Uh, I think he was the last, like, he was the last running back that I can think of that was more valuable than his quarterback. I'm trying. I'm just trying to think back of, uh, think back teams, think back historic running backs over the past few years. Um, you know that would fit sort of that description. But every other like running back that's put up a, a, a you know, season with absurd numbers, like even Todd Gurley, for example, like Jared Goff played well, right, a quarterback. Right. And Sean McVay. Yeah. 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 But like that season, he was legitimately getting more yards per rush attempt than Christian Ponder was getting <laughs> per pass attempt. And that's not a, that's not like exaggerating. That is a fact. Like that, that is a fact that is look it up in the statistics. I think at the end of the year, they both averaged 6.0 yards per attempt, yeah. whether pass or rush. Like that's just stupid. And that's, that's like 1974 football. And it was right. in 2012, which is it, it says a lot about Peterson in that season, but also says a lot about the passing game. And the fact that no running back will ever carry a team to the playoffs like that. It just, it doesn't, the position is not designed that way. Football is not designed that way anymore. Running backs aren't carrying teams like that. So, uh, and to his credit, I mean, besides 2012, you know, 2010, 2011, 2013, uh, those were all dominant seasons by him too. And now he's even found a little bit of something extra in Washington. A thousand yards in 2018, nearly a thousand yards last year. Uh, you know, he's not, he's never been a pass catcher. He's never been a blocker. He has fumbled frequently, but in terms of purely running the football, is he the best ever? He might be. I think that's probably a fair case. And you can, uh, I mean, among this list of just, you know, the era that he played in, 
is he a better runner than Marshawn Lynch? Which is really the only argument, I think, for the 2010s class in terms of just straight up, like you said, running the football. I'm, I'm going to take Adrian Peterson in his prime over Beast Mode in his prime. And I know that's kind yeah. of like that might, be a Se- oh, yeah. that might be a Seattle versus Minnesota argument. Like you might end up having Seahawks yeah. I mean, fans say they'd rather have Lynch. Marshawn, better, you know, all-around player probably in terms of being able to do more than just run the football. Right. Uh, better receiver, better blocker, but... Running, purely running the football, even for as dominant as Lynch was, you know, those beast mode runs, right. like those are absurd. But like Peterson has a lot of similar runs that didn't necessarily get the popularity that Lynch's did just because his were on national TV and they were in the playoffs. Right. Peterson's got a couple of those that are not that far off from what Lynch did. Absolutely. I mean, I, the one that pops, that sticks into my mind just immediately with Adrian Peterson is that week 17 run. In 2012, I was at that game. That's why it sticks in my mind specifically. Was at the very, very end of that game against the Packers. Yeah. Put him um, in field goal range. Put him in field goal range with like it was like a 26 yarder or something like that. Like it wasn't ex- like ridiculously long or anything like that. But it was the one time in my career, or not my career, his career, when I remember Adrian Peterson sucking up his pride and taking one for the team as opposed to himself. And I love Adrian Peterson as a football player. But I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree with me in saying that he's a bit of a selfish football player and that he was, you know, not always a team first guy, no matter how much he liked to tell us that he was. That In that moment, he went 26 yards or whatever the length of that run was. He went down and kicked the field goal if Vikings go to the playoffs only to get schlacked a week later with Joe Webb at quarterback. So he finishes nine yards short of Eric Dickerson's record. Could the Vikings have ran a couple more rushing plays just to see what happens and try to get him over that mark? Probably. Is Adrian Peterson probably the last person you want to, you know, gamble a fumble on? <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Especially in a big moment? Probably. Um, but it was plays like that, and it was the game breakers, too. Um, I think the one, like the most memorable runs of his career, I think, actually occurred before 2010. Like you think about the the William Gay where he just ran over yeah. William Gay. The Brown the Browns won too. The stiff that, arm. I think that was that year. That was oh nine. Yeah. Too. Yep. Uh, that was the what started the oh nine season. By the way, was that down the sideline stiff arm? Uh, but the point being here, Adrian Peterson, one of the most prolific running backs of all time. Pro- I mean, would you put him as a? T- he's top ten for sure. Would you be? Would you put Adrian Peterson top five all time? Would you go that far? Probably not, just because of the blocking a and the pass relative. Well, there's a relative lack of like playoff success, right? Yes. Uh, there's a, you know, then there's the fumble issues and the all-around game that I think you know, guys like Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders and uh, Dickerson and all these other guys had a little bit of an advantage on. But I think his, I think it, it, there's a legitimate argument to be made that he's the best pure runner with the football, like ever. It's it's him or it, Barry Sanders in that argument, in my mind. In my mind, yeah, yeah, I think so. Is it was an outstanding Vikings career. It had a very disappointing ending. Um, a lot of kind of the negativity surrounding Peterson's departure, I think, has kind of dissipated to a degree. So we can kind of look back fondly on what he did on a football play. F- excuse me, what he did on a football field. Um, obviously, I'm sure there are some of you out there listening that still don't take too kindly to the personal elements of his life. But we're evaluating in, in this instance specifically, and generally speaking, I do evaluate the entire human being. This is not a situation where I'm not taking into account his past. But uh, from strictly a football. Uh, standpoint. He's absolutely deserving of being on this team. Uh, he's absolutely deserving of being a unanimous selection. And honestly, had someone not voted Adrian Peterson here, 
given the list of these other guys that are here. I mean, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, and Frank Gore are all great players. Uh, and to a degree, a couple of them are really electric players as well. But no one was Adrian Peterson. The mm-hmm. only one that was close was Arian Foster for about a year and a half. That was the only one that ever really treaded water on Peterson's ability to break loose, break tackles. But even Foster didn't even do it the way Peterson did. Peterson right. did it with like athleticism, whereas Foster kind of did it with like finesse and, and vision and just did yeah. it a different way, which isn't wrong. It's just that they put they produced it in different ways, I think, because Peterson has generally had less at his like a, a lesser supporting cast. In, throughout his career with the Vikings for sure. minus 2009. You think about just kind of the swagger that he did it with too. Like when you saw the arms start pumping, I'm in mine in my head right now I'm thinking about and I, I can't this is not going to be great for podcast, but in my head I'm thinking about the run that closed out against the Oakland Raiders I want to say in like 2014. Yeah, was like that an, was the 2015 the Teddy year. Okay, yeah, it was like he an 80 over, He went over 200 yards that run. Yeah, that okay, so that run was about 80 yards long. And this is what I remember about Adrian Peterson and will always remember about him. It's when he'd get out in front, you could see his eyes look up at the video screen so he could get over his shoulder to see how far away these guys were. And he would the arms would just start pumping, and you'd see the distance go from like 5 to 10 to 15. And it wasn't like he was creating that distance just strictly with his speed. And this is in the middle part of his career, by the way. This is not young you know, young and hung Adrian Peterson straight out of Oklahoma. This was like in the middle of his career. He was blowing guys out of the water just – so he could high step into the end zone because he loved doing that, and then he'd fall to his knees and you know do his uh, religious thing. Uh, but yes, so Adrian Peterson absolutely deserving, uh, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vikings did not have any defensive players; they did have one special teamer, uh, so which I'll get to. Defensive players, just for your reference: Clayus Campbell, Cameron Jordan, Julius Peppers, JJ Water, your defensive ends, defensive tackles: Geno Atkins, Fletcher Cox, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sue. Linebackers Chandler Jones, the one fail, by the way, by Bill Belichick to try to get rid of a guy too early as opposed to too late, Chandler Jones. Uh, Luke Keekley, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner, Patrick Willis. I'm glad that he got some love um, as your linebackers. Cornerbacks Patrick Peterson, Darrell Rivas, Richard Sherman, also a great list. Safeties Eric Berry, Errol Thomas, Eric Weddle, and then defensive backs, a.k.a. your flexes for defenses, uh, Chris Harris and Tyron Matthew are your defensive backs. Um so we'll circle back to the offense for this. I probably should, we should honestly should have done this before, but defense. I feel like the Vikings have at least an argument for a couple of snubs here. So we look at we look at this list here. And I got two in mind. I think one is just egregious, but I think there's another that deserves consideration. Right. Okay. So we've got the defensive ends here, and obviously this is they don't care about four three versus three four. So this really isn't a fair list. Defensive ends that come to mind. I mean, there's a couple on there. I don't think I think they got this one right. For defensive events specifically. I'm thinking in terms of Vikings, you right. know, if Everson Griffin had been given a chance to start earlier, right? Because he was a, right. a rotational player for the first three, four years of his career. So, um, you know, with Jared Allen there, if he had been given that chance, he'd certainly be on this team. Because uh, uh, from two, 2014 on, he's been consistently a top 5, 10 pass rusher in football. So... That longevity and that consistency over six years um, does, that he's played. As you say that, does Jared, Al- Jared Allen actually merit consideration here, though? Probably. I mean, so 2010, his, 20, his 2014. His 22 sack year was in 2011. Yeah. Uh, he also had in 2010, 2012, 2013, he had a combined total of over 33 sacks. So 
I know that yeah. I know that I mean, Chicago and Carolina didn't extra work out season well. or two. If he plays an extra season or two, season or two um, after that, after his Minnesota tenure, or well, I guess he went to Carolina then Chicago, right, or right, vice Reverse. versa. If he plays one of those years, an extra year, like an extra season, puts up six, seven sacks, he probably could get on that list. Because that 2011 season, when you think about it, going 3-13, and 13, when your team is literally always trailing and the opposing team is running the ball all the time, and he's still got 22 sacks. Right. That, you know, there's an argument to me that's the most prolific sack season ever, given the circumstances. Right. Uh, so that, that's, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about Jared Allen, but yeah, just Everson Griffin played and half Jared the time. Allen, both, yeah, right. They both deserve uh, consideration for this, I think. Absolutely. So defensive tackle, I think the fight. I think they got this one right as well. Atkins, Cox, Donald, and Sue. I mean, Linville's been great, but I don't think he's above any of those guys. No, no, no. Um, and you could say the same thing about linebacker. You'll kind of notice a bit of a theme here, with the exception of Willis and Wagner. They're all pa- uh, pass rushing. Oh, I guess Keekley too. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Jones, Jones, Keekley, uh, and Mac are all listed as linebackers or basically glorified uh, – excuse me. Jones, Mack, and Miller are essentially glorified defensive ends at linebacker. The other three, Wagner, Willis, and Keekley, I don't – I mean, no one's outshining those three guys, those three interior linebackers during this period of time. The pass rushers, I think you can just about say the same. Cornerbacks, I mean, can it be more perfect than Peterson, Revis, and Sherman? I, I don't think so. You might be able to make an argument for a couple of guys, but really, to me, those are pretty definitive. Safety, I imagine, this is probably where you have a gripe. Yes. Uh, with all due respect to Eric Berry, terrific player, um, overcoming Hodgkin's lymphoma, like, that's right. tremendous right. story. Harrison Smith belongs on this list considerably more than Eric Berry does. Uh, you know, Berry has been in the league for two extra years. Uh, but Smith has is is more you know has more cumulative numbers in terms of any category you think of sacks, interceptions, tackles, forced fumbles. Uh, you name the stat, Smith has a higher number than Barry. Games played, uh, and then if you want to look at uh, like you know in game or per game numbers, uh, efficiency, coverage numbers, um, all that stuff, Smith performs better. Uh, I'm actually going to go. Cr- look at this tweet from Nichols where somebody kind of came at him because he was doing the whole defend Harrison Smith thing on Twitter yesterday when this came out and as you should. So in terms of Smith versus Barry Smith has fewer yards targets and touchdowns allowed per coverage snap, more interceptions per coverage snap, more sacks hits and pressures per pass rush snap. Barry's career passer rating allowed is 87.5 Smith's is 59.7. So, I mean, these are, that's this is a, a case of where and it's this happened to Harris Smith over and over and over in his career. It will continue he, to. It's a popularity thing where he's just for whatever reason his name's not big. He's just the boring. League. He's boring. He is. That that's kind of what it is. <laughs> he's just boring, and it, it, his name does not catch on with uh, the casual NFL fan, and his game goes underappreciated. Where in this and in this case, a guy like Eric Berry, who his name has been uh, propped up a little bit more. Uh, well, he still a terrific player for sure, but. Uh, He's more on the Smith news. Had, yeah, yeah, more on the news. Obviously, the Hodgkin's lymphoma thing uh, as well is, is tremendous, but that, I think that kind of could have played into this a little bit in giving him the spot over Harrison Smith. So that's my take. Harrison Smith belongs in this list. Um, eight years of essentially elite safety uh, performance, which it, I, I, you, you won't find that in many positions on this list where your guy has been elite the 
almost the entire decade, and Harrison Smith has been that. I I can't say it better than you just did. So I'm going to leave the Harrison Smith analysis at that. Um, I side with everything you just said. Um, he's guys, he's the best safety that the Vikings may ever see. And this, we're not talking just mm-hmm. 2010s. I'm talking period. You, we might never get to see a player of this caliber ever again. And I know some of you are, you know, some of our older audience members are, or I should say more, you've been watching the Vikings for many years. You've been, might be, you know, poking at Paul Krauss immediately. Just be like, oh no, he was better than Harrison Smith. Well, you, you might be right. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a, he had, you know, there's a reason why he has all those I've watched very little of Paul Krauss. Right. I've watched very little. I, I have watched have very little of him as well. I have no say in it other than the objective statistics. That's all I can look at because I didn't watch game after game like many of you guys did. But from my perspective, you you can't find better than Harrison Smith. Like, no matter how great, you know, think of the great safeties. I, I Honest to God, I, I, I think Harrison Smith can do all these things as well or better. I mean, he's the Vikings version of Charles Woodson, right? Where, like, he's literally been there front to back through thick and thin, doing every little thing wherever he's needed, whether he has to play free, whether he has to play man, uh, whether he has to come up in the box, whether he's coming off the line of scrimmage. He literally does everything at the position. That's something that Errol Thomas can't say, and that's something that Eric Weddle can't say from this list alone. The only guy on this list here for the 2010s team that even encroaches on Harrison Smith's versatility at the position is Tyron Matthew. Period. So from that fact alone and the fact that he's played at such a high level, I know not, not everybody's a huge PFF person, but the, the PFF is, has to be having a, throwing a fit over Harrison Smith not being on this list because he's in the, mm-hmm. you know, their, their blue tier every single year no matter what. So uh, put Harrison Smith on the list. Get it right, please. Just, just for once recognize the guy, period. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to offensive guys in a second here. Let's just talk a little bit about Cordero Patterson because he is listed as among the specialists here. That list is pretty obvious. I have no gripes whatsoever. Hecker, Leckler are your punters. Goskowski, Tucker are your kickers. And your punt huh, – this one's kind of weird. Tyree Kill is a punt returner. It's a little bit interesting, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Darren Sproles a punt returner, and then your two kick returners, Devin Hester and Cordero Patterson, in my opinion, the two best so, kick returners of our generation. the weird thing there is Devin Hester a kick returner. Um, did he? Yeah, right now, I don't know the numbers on Devin Hester in the 2010 specifically as kick return versus punt return, but it's pretty well known that he is a punt return. Like the punt return is where he made his name. I think he has a maybe a few kick return touchdowns, but he has three uh, significantly to be more. That's all he has. Excuse me, five five kick returns. Uh, Sorry, okay. I missed a whole year. My bad. He had two of them that year. Yeah, five okay. five for Hester. Okay, so. That even furthers the point I was going to make is that I think Cordero Patterson is the greatest kick returner of all time in terms of pure kick returns, right? Because a return man in general, Devin Hester, for sure. Like, there's no doubt about that. Uh, From a kick return, from a purely kick return perspective, I think Cordero Patterson is the best of all time. Your thoughts? I I have no disagreement, so I'm I'm just – I obviously knew that Devin Hester had a lot of return touchdowns. I didn't know that the spread was this definitive one way or the other. 14 punt return touchdowns against five kick return touchdowns. So you mm-hmm. may have a real point there. And, the, and for those out there who have a gripe with Tyree Kill listed as a punt returner, I mean, he's been in the league for, what, three years? Four years? Does he even have enough time accumulated to be part of this team? Whatever. That's, a, that's an argument for another day. It's probably an argument for a completely different podcast. But... When you think about Patterson versus Hester, they did the same thing, right? 
They were electric, explosive players that were a touchdown away every time they touched the ball in the return game. Uh, they were also very, you know, just in general, offensively, and for Hester's sake, he also defensively for a time being, very limited players. These are guys mm-hmm. who are true, true specialists. And, you know, when it's all said and done and they eliminate punts and kick returns from the game at probably, you know, 20 years from now, these guys will be mostly forgotten. But as it stands today, there is no doubt in my mind that Cordero Patterson is, at the very least, arguably the best kick returner of all time. But I can't think of another guy who I'd rather have back there. It's Hester or Patterson. There are a couple of people, there are a couple other guys out there that were very good kick returners, but there's... There's two guys that come to mind, not in 2010s, but like Dante Hall and Josh Cribbs. They're the other two that I can think of that (laughs) were really, really dangerous niche players in the return game. Uh, You know, they're they're, I'm just thinking Antonio Brown was dangerous at one point as a punt returner. Um, He was literally Tyreek Hill is now kick people. How about that? Talking about dangerous people, (laughs) Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown. (laughs) Sorry, it's not a laughing matter, but. That's a word. Yeah, I'm just dude, there are there are a bunch of guys. It's it's interesting to think about. There are a bunch of guys that are like dangerous after the catch at running back or punt returner or, or I mean excuse me at receiver that would probably be very good at this if right. they weren't you know if it wasn't such an injury risk. Uh, you know I think Diggs had a punt return touchdown in the preseason of his rookie year. He did. You know? He did. It was actually uh, his first punt return I believe too. Yeah, so he probably would have been a stud at it. You know, it's just stuff like that. Um, Harvin. But, oh, Percy Harvin. Has to be Starvin. up there. Has to be up there. It's one of the best. I mean, I mean, I think of him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. First Harvin kick return. He's probably on the short list. He's got probably what five returns for touchdowns. That's my. Kind I'll of pull up those. His... I'll pull up those numbers in a second here. But just for you to mull over here and for our audience, uh, in terms of raw numbers, right? These do not tell the whole story. Of course, I don't want to ever pretend like they do. But in terms of raw objective figures. Devin Hester, 295 kick kick returns. We're talking about kick returns only. Not total returns, just kick returns, okay? 295 returns, 7,333 yards, five touchdowns, a long of 98. That is a yards per return figure of 24.9. Now, that's not that great. That's not that great. Patterson's at like 29.9 or 30 or something. Okay, so these numbers are going to pretty much very clearly supersede Hester in the return number. The kick 200, yeah, kick return. 204 returns for Patterson, so for almost 100 less. But he has 6,101 yards. Okay, so about 1,600 less. Seven touchdowns, so two fewer. Or excuse me, two more than Hester. I'm doing a terrible job explaining this. He also has the NFL record for long at 109 and holds the NFL record for yards per return at 29.9, which was actually over 30 at one point. It was. Well, he was over. He was thirty point four as a Viking, and it's right. actually gone down since. So, right. so he is definitively in this conversation for the twenty tens. Now, the next argument becomes, of course, is he the greatest of all time? I, I mean, those numbers say yes. I yeah. think they do. Yeah, that's what the thing. I, I've said that before, and people are like, "Oh, Devin Hester." It's like, no, punt returns. There was, there's not a doubt in the world. Punt returns. Devin Hester is the best of all time. If we're, if we're going to keep this at just kick returns, Patterson is way more efficient, um, has more touchdowns on less attempts. And it's just – It's clear. And he has got the best average. It's clear. Um, it, does that make Percy, him a Hall of Famer, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> kick returns are, might not be a thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. 
it's a weird argument, and that's probably like if, I mean, if Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer, then you have to consider. I think Devin Hester Patterson. is because he's the best. He's the best at what he does ever. Yeah. So you that you have that to put would, him in there. That would that would mean Patterson warrants consideration, which is just a wild thing to think about. But the other <laughs> thing is Percy Harvin. I wanted to mention Percy Harvin because what did he have? Five. Yep, you were right. Nailed that. Trying to remember, I so he had two in his rookie year, and in '09 he had he led off the 2010 season with one. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012 against the Lions, he had one. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're missing I'm one. Trying to remember the other one. I'm trying to remember the other one. Oh, Dallas, 2010. 2011 was the other one that you were missing. 2-1-1-1 to start his Vikings career. And then if you remember, this one actually doesn't count, but he also had the one. Oh, no, okay. He let off the 2011 season against the Chargers with one. Yeah. 2010 was against the Cowboys when Moss is on the team. There you go. <sighs> that nice will, And he also has the one in the Super Bowl that basically set off that route of the Broncos that ultimately didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so six total for Harvin. I believe Hester actually had one in the postseason as well. I'm not going to double-check that. Super now Bowl. He kicked off the Super Bowl. With yes, him. right, with Rex Grossman. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, still, point stands, Patterson, probably the beast, probably the GOAT as, as a kick returner specifically. Uh, let's circle back to offense, and we'll wrap up this subject matter and we'll move on to something different. Anyone on offense for the Vikings during the 2010s that you think warrants consideration? You know, I look at this list. I think that they got it pretty good with the exception of Flex. Darren Sproles at flex is not awesome to me. I know that Darren Sproles was great, but, like, how many players would you rather have than Darren Sproles, even in his prime? That, this is like. interesting because it seems like with uh, with the defensive back pet position and the flex position, they're kind of limiting the, the player pool to guys that played unique positions. So, like, a defensive back, they have slot cornerback Chris Harris, and they have Tyron right. Matthew, who played everywhere. Right. Uh, so that's kind of limiting the guys that, you know, like Revis and Sherman played just cornerback or the guys that played just free safety like Earl Thomas. Um, and then you have, you know, this flex position. Yeah, you pick Sproles, and that's a guy who he lined, has lined up everywhere, catching a lot of passes, also running the ball. Like, it it seems like you're limiting them, which if you think about it, like Percy Harvin, if he had played, you know, a few more years – that's the guy, right? Uh, that twenty, the first eight-ish games of twenty twelve, like Percy Harvin was an MVP candidate. Remember the Percy Harvin yeah. offense, where it was literally just him getting the ball. Yeah, that's what it was because Peterson was still get a slow recovery off the ACL, and Percy was dominant um, that first half twenty twelve, before the headaches and the Achilles or the ankle or whatever it was that kept him off the rest of the year. Um, right. But in terms of it, I don't know if you have any other options or ideas for like a flex player. Like not I don't, really, not really. I mean, it depends on what they the definition is of flex. Because if you know if it's a, if a flex is any running back or receiver, that's one thing. Like you could put in, I don't know, Odell Beckham. Is he on that list? I don't think he's on there. He's not. It's like but, there's another, there's one. I don't know. But I mean, you look at the performance. So like quarterback for Vikings specifically, quarterback not even in the conversation. We don't no. even need to give. <laughs> a joke. Um, running back, they got our guy. Wide receiver, Brown, Fitz, Calvin Johnson, and Julio. I mean, hard to argue with no. that. Pierre, no, there's I mean, nobody I'm, else. That's that's good. That's it. Tight end, Gronkowski, clearly the best tight end probably of all time. In my opinion, the best of all time. And then tight end, and the other one is Travis Kelsey. Vikings don't really have – I mean, Rudolph isn't on their level. Let's just be real here. He's not. Offensive lineman, 
Uh, it's been a problem since basically 2010. So not really in the conversation there. No. I think you're right. Flex is really the only option here where we could find a way to get another Viking involved. And conveniently, that is the spot that Sproles occupies, which is not the strongest thing. I, I think Percy Harvin probably is the best. Honest, honest guy, if you narrow this thing down and you look at this rationally as a Vikings fan, I think Percy Harvin is really the only other one. I think you're right about that. Yeah, it's – I mean, it, I still don't I – w- I still wouldn't put him in over Sproles. Um just because Sproles did it for longer and right. uh, was, you know, more productive in terms of total production, you know, and more seasons, more games, that type of thing. But if Percy had played an extra season or two, like he's uh, his peak much higher than Sproles' peak, uh, Absolutely. in terms of <laughs> literal height, but also, <laughs> but also production. Excellent, excellent. I I completely agree. Um, Parvin basically just quit playing football. After he won a Super Bowl, that's basically how that kind of went down. You remember he mm-hmm. went to the Jets and then Buffalo, and he was technically on the Bills. You still draft him on your fantasy team, but he wasn't actually playing. He didn't care. <laughs> uh, but he was prolific in Minnesota. Great, great, great one, two, three, four-year run with the Vikings. Outstanding player. Um, with that being said, if you have any notable snubs that you believe we're missing, feel free to leave that in the comment section below, and we'll jump into something else here. Uh, let's talk about Tajay Sharp real quick, and we'll save the draft stuff, uh, draft stuff for next week in in, in its entirety. So, uh, Tajay Sharp, we didn't talk about him last week when the Vikings signed him. Uh, do you remember what the deal was? It was one year, one mil. I mean, one point. It wasn't a lot. It was it like was... nearly the vet minimum. Right. Okay. So Vikings get a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, on a essentially a veteran minimum contract. Uh, this is interesting because I think you guys have probably heard enough analysis about Tajay Sharp himself, the player, and you're probably sick of hearing about him at this point. But, I mean, this is a quality player. This is not going to be a game-breaking player by any means, but to slide in on this wide receiver depth chart that we already knew needed a lot of help via the draft this year and pro- and is still going to get plenty of help, how do you feel about this guy just throwing him in there as potentially being your number two? Heading into opening day, because that's honestly knowing Mike Zimmer, that's probably what we're gonna get. I, I think he's a really, really good number three. Um, and I, I say that, I mean, I, I mean to say that in like a good way, right? Like a positive way. I'm not right. trying to knock the guy, um, but you know, he he did rip up the Vikings in his first game, I believe, 2016, um, as a rookie. Um, you know, he's. He's a possess- he's like kind of a prototypical possession receiver. You know, he catches nearly everything thrown his way. He's not a super fast guy, um, but um, he's pretty reliable. And uh, I think that's something that is is valuable. And I think now that really to complete the core, uh, the receiving core, you just got to find that guy that's an elite athlete, um, kind of like di- like a, a game breaking type like Diggs that can beat you deep. Um, and I think if you find that guy, Sharp can be a very good number three with Thielen there. So uh, I like the addition in that perspective. I just think now you have to get that burner, game breaker, like big play type of receiver to complement both Thielen and Sharp, who are primarily guys that are going to move the chains on third down, possession type guys. Right. And I kind of agree with that. I think that Sharp might just be a younger variation of Jarius Wright to a degree. A little bit bigger as well. Younger and taller. Younger and taller. Yeah, he's not going to, like I, like Drew said, he's not going to blow anyone away with his speed or athleticism. 
but he's extremely fundamentally sound. And what's interesting about Sharp, and I'm sure you've heard this from other sources, but he's from UMass, which is just makes him inherently the type of guy that you want to root for, um, considering the fact that he made something out of himself. Becoming a fifth-round pick out of basically a nothing football school uh, is impressive in itself. And I, I remember looking at him in 2016, back when I was more draft-oriented with the content that I was creating, and I really liked the player then, and I, I still do. I I just under I understand the gripe that like I will go to bat for Tajay Sharp in that signing all day long because I really like the move, uh, given what the Vikings need. Right, they needed someone to come in and fill the void left by Stephon Diggs in some capacity. That means a veteran presence, a guy that's going to catch the ball, and a guy that is going to play opposite Adam Thielen and command coverage. I'm not saying double coverage. I'm saying command coverage. Period so that you can open up Adam Thiel a little bit more. BC Johnson straight up just doesn't get that type of respect at this point. You can he's not he's not going to draw coverage away from Adam Thielen and honestly Sharp probably won't do it a ton either. But he will give you a veteran presence that will run a good route and catch the ball if it's thrown in his direction. That's who yeah, he is. Yeah, I think he's a really good number 3. I mean, and now I think you just the next thing to round out this core and I, that I think could eventually be like competitive and keep the Vikings uh, you know, keep the Vikings moving on offense uh, and potentially, you know, I think what can happen here is two guys replace Diggs production, right? Or what Diggs could Money do. Ball. You get sharp. Right. And then you get this guy in the draft, if whether it's Judy or Ruggs or I don't know who else, somebody in the first round, right? A big game breaking talent. Maybe you trade up for this guy. I don't know. But the, if you can get that type of trio, sharp feeling rookie with the big playability, that's a group that I think can do pretty well. And then I think, you know, I don't think you're losing too much um, from, you know, give, getting rid of Diggs. Obviously, you'd rather have Diggs, the, the proven commodity player, um, elite at all, pretty much everything a receiver needs to do. But we're past that point now. Vikings have two first-round picks. Um, seems like a logical thing to discuss would be to combine both those picks and grab one of the truly elite guys in this draft class, uh, maybe with a top 10, 15 pick. That's definitely something that the Vikings will have to look at, um, considering their placement in the first round too. Um, twenty-two and twenty-five. I mean, that's not gonna. That's probably not. Let's just be real here. That's probably not gonna net you one of the top three receivers. I think you know Judy and Ruggs specifically have increased their draft stock, and you also talk about C.D. Lamb. Those are basically the three mm-hmm. most talked about receivers, right? Those guys are all gonna be gone. By yeah, if, if, if by some miracle one of them falls to twenty-two, that'd be a, an absolute dream. But. Uh, chances, are, I mean, right. Chances are, I mean, it's, you have to address the position with one of those first two picks if you keep, if you stay at those spots. Because uh, I think I've talked about this before. I think receiver is the most valuable or most needed spot on this team right now that I think can make the most positive impact. Because I think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that needs to have his receivers open to throw to them, and if they're not open, is when he kind of develops those trust issues uh, with guys and doesn't give them that chance. That's when he holds on to the ball, takes sacks or checks it down. You need guys that will get open down the field. Sharp does that. Um, do that. Thielen does that. I was going to say that. That's um, what kind of makes this a beautiful signing. You get a really, really cheap guy that you can trust to get open on man-to-man yeah. coverage. That's ultimately the point that if you want to boil all of this offseason down to, ultimately, Stephon Diggs is gone. I miss him as much as you do. But Tajay Sharp is here now, and he's playing for – an amount of money that I, I I know he's not a thousand yard guy, but still barely above veteran minimum. I mean, 
with the fit, uh, you know, what the top 51 rule, he barely even qualifies for that. I think this is a great signing, and this is one of the few moves that I can really get excited about this offseason. I mean, this is a guy that's going to give you some level of production, and he's going to give you some level of consistency at a position that has become in flux from the moment you traded Stephon Diggs. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a necessary move, and it was a quality move combined into one. So that's that's. I know it's a small, it's small in the grand scheme, but that might be the best move the Vikings made this offseason, straight up. Was bringing in a guy that's going to give you that's that, going to level well, it out. If they, if they keep Anthony Harris around, give him the long term deal, that might be the best. That might be the that best. That would move. leapfrog it. That's a that's a fair point. <laughs> but they haven't done it yet, so you might this be right. True. In terms of this is true. We might look back at this off season and we're going to think a lot of things. I feel like about this off season a couple of years down the road, but that might be one thing to keep an eye on. I I, I just believe in Tajay Sharp probably more than the general. Um, the general fan does given kind of what he produced in Tennessee. And I see a 25 year old guy that could break out in a big way uh, with more consistency at the quarterback position. And when I say big way, I I should scale that back down. I mean, mean, more like that's one thing to consider too. Like he, for the majority of his Tennessee uh, tenure, uh, the passing offense was not awesome. And (laughs) yes, for what it's worth now, the last, uh, last year, uh, Tennessee was, I think, the most efficient passing attack. At least it was with Tannehill as quarterback. He uh, but he was, but he point. was leapfrogged, yes, by Corey Davis and AJ Brown, who are both very good receivers. And so now he's getting, uh, as for now, getting the chance to be a number two again. So, uh, in a, in you know, with an offense that has a, it's a more consistent attack. So we'll see. Uh, it's definitely not a bad signing given the price tag. Absolutely. All right, so let's round out this show now talking, again, about the draft, uh, but specifically the what we're going to be seeing, the programming of the draft. Uh, well, not just us, I guess, but how everyone's going to be seeing the draft this year, it certainly seems like. Uh, I, I thought this was hilarious. I think this is really funny, and I, I think it's – the NFL is doing everything in its power to adapt. So for those of you who have not become aware, the NFL is basically going to be running this thing through essentially Zoom. Zoom is yeah. the brand name that everyone's using right now, so I'm just going to use that for Zoom, Skype, uh, yeah. Google Hangouts, whatever the case is. Right. Like it's going to be through that, which is going to be it's going to cause all kinds of problems. I don't know. I'm sure many listeners now are and doing this more too, where they're working at home and doing the over the computer like conferences right. and meetings and all that. And I, I'm sure one out of every three or four of them has some sort of technical issue where. Someone can't hear what's being said, or there's an internet connection issue, or whatever. A lag. So now you're gonna you're gonna trust, yeah, right. A lag. Can you imagine a lag with the well, clock ticking down? I don't know if you've been watching a sports center lately, but they have these. That's all they're doing now is like FaceTime, Zoom interviews with athletes, and there's like a five second lag, and it's the most awkward thing uh, on TV right now. So this is going to be like now you're trusting this software, whichever platform they use, for the NFL draft. Right. Uh, <laughs> One of the biggest single singular events in the world. And the biggest sporting event in like the time frame of like March to June at this point, because nothing else is going on. Right. And these, so within the, their own teams, they're used to having 30 some people right. in this own room. They're all there. They're all taking notes. They're all talking face to face with each other. Now they're on, they're, you know, trusting their internet connection. They're trusting the software of whatever form they use. 
plus if they want to call and discuss other teams with trades which is i think going to be the big problem for the vikings they have to <laughs> communicate with like their own team but then also connect with another team they're probably gonna have multiple calls to bounce at the same time it's just it's gonna be a mess it's can gonna you, be a mess can you so we know as a fact that John Schneider and Rick Spielman love to communicate during the draft. We've seen this in Oh yeah. We've seen this objectively speaking because trades have gone through. We've also heard, you know, from media articles, etc., that they're, you know, friendly. They're they're I don't want to say they're friends cuz I don't know, but like they're they keep touch. They keep they touch base regularly. Can you just imagine Spielman and and Schneider, like, on a Zoom, like a one-on-one conference call. I'm like, oh, hold on one sec, John. I got to mute you real quick. I got to confer with my team. Like, <laughs> That's what's going like, to happen. That's what they have to do. Oh, it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Well, about- here, think about the other thing, too. So how many years in a row now has Roger Goodell walked on stage and been booed to start the draft? Now, what is he going to, like, is he going to be in his home, like, in a T-shirt? I, I don't, who does knows he, what. Does he ever not wear a suit, honest to God? I feel like the guy sleeps in a suit. Well, that's what, yeah, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but, like, everybody's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, because now they're going to have to get, like, so, like, ESPN's going to have their show and NFL Network, you know, the they're going to have their. I'm excited their, to see what yeah, they do. They're going to, every single person's going to be in their own in their own space. Plus, now, I don't know if you saw the, the rumors or the concerns about teams hacking other teams with their Zoom calls and stuff. <clears throat> Like, like there are NFL officials that are afraid of other teams yeah, yeah. hacking their calls to get it, like info. Which, if you think about it, like any like smart, you know, computer right, anyone computer can do this. person can do this. Right. So there's it's like people keep pointing at the Patriots because of course, of course, it should be hilarious. If there's some sort of controversy about that, but I'm there's just... just so many scenarios that could come to life here. Like the was the Vikings in like 2003. That Kevin ran out Williams. of time. I actually got Kevin Williams out of it, but yeah. I, it seems like it's inevitable that there's going to be multiple teams that run out of time and don't get a pick in. And then what is the NFL going to do? Like they do just you, don't like if you. What if your internet just stops working? Like is that what do you do? Blame Comcast? I don't. I don't know. Like I'm just imagining like, dude, one leg, one like we have legs on the show. You guys hear them sometimes. One leg might cost someone millions of dollars. Can you think of just imagine that? Like we're we're talking like the difference in like pick number thirty-two and pick number one of the next round is millions of millions of dollars. Okay, if someone lags and then it gets over, gets jumped by another team, that team's gonna pick a different player theoretically, and the player that was gonna be drafted in the first round ultimately ends up getting a four-year deal instead of a five-year deal. Right. And we're talking about a five or ten million dollars swing. Like this is this is ridiculous. Concrete either it could be something where like you know maybe the Vikings want to reach out to the the I don't know the Raiders or something or Jets about some <laughs> trade in the first round but the Zoom doesn't work and so they can't connect with them trade doesn't happen Vikings don't get that receiver at ninth overall like CD Lamb or somebody that they really wanted to make happen like things like that we don't know how many of those connections those calls those. FaceTimes or whatever you would, they, yep. the term is for all these different softwares, how many of those are going to fail and how many of those aren't going to work? Like it's, There's going to be uh, some problems. There's going to be some problems. And then they're going to have probably reactions and interviews with like the players at their homes. and Oh, those are going to be even more awkward than usual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the one thing that I will say, though, is it, the one thing that sucks from a viewer standpoint, I think this is going to be 
you know, a ton of fun. Like, <laughs> it's going to be hilarious to watch, you know, these super billionaires try to manage the situation where even oh, yeah. money can't buy them a better, better bandwidth, you know? But it can to a degree. But you see my point. Uh, is I feel bad for the players that don't get to walk up onto the stage. Yeah, and that's true. That part kind of sucks because, like, I know that there's a lot of guys that think back and, like, you know, it's an immortalizing moment where you're one of the few people to walk up on stage to be drafted. So that part sucks. But from our standpoint, from a programming standpoint, oh, this is oh, going it's going to be entertaining. Electric. Oh, it's going to be so great. much fun. So much yeah. fun. So drink, drink every time there's an awkward leg. Uh, we might not make it to second round. <laughs> All right, folks, that uh, that is – I believe that wraps up the show for today. I don't think I'm missing anything else. Like I said, we'll get into specifically the draft next week. Drew and I will do um, a fan speak, draft network, uh, simulator thing, and we'll go through pick by pick for the Vikings and decide you know, which players seem to make the most sense based on, again, our somewhat limited knowledge. We're not claiming to be draft experts. We're compl- We're c- claiming to be people that understand the Vikings and will try to put people in the right place for the team. That's the game plan for next week. Uh, and, yeah, if you want any other draft coverage, again, the Climb of the Pocket Network guys do a great job. Uh, Jordan Reed specifically is about as good as it gets out there. So uh, that's going to be your that's gonna be where you're going to want to go for more nitty-gritty stuff. We're just going to keep it fun and casual. Uh, I think that's everything I got. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a comment in Daily Norseman below. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's. I don't need to re- say anything else. That's that's good. So uh, thanks for listening to the show today, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Oh.